Welcome to episode 33 of MADE, the podcast about purpose-driven design, making, and manufacturing. Today we're going to talk about Nova Makerfair. Let's continue the conversation. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of MADE. I am Jose Valcarcel, and with me as always is Claudia Berrigan. Hello. And Ray Peña. How are you doing? Good, good. How you guys been? It's Pretty good. Yeah, it's been a long week because we were at Maker Faire this past weekend. Yeah. You came down here to D.C. to check it out. We went, we drove the almost hour to go to Nova Maker Faire. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. I've never been to Nova Maker Fair before. It's the first year there. Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, it was much bigger than I expected it to be. But, um, now, are these kind of things popping up more and more? Are you noticing that more of them seem to be popping up? Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because not all major cities have them, but some major cities are, even that didn't have them are starting to get them. Like Chicago's Maker Fair, their first years this year, you know? And I think that for us here in the, we call this the DMV, uh, which is D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, it's a metropolitan area. So, therefore, it's and it encompasses a tri-state area, right? So, Maryland, Virginia, and D.C., which is not a state, but it's a major city. So, like, you do see this pop up more because, you know, the Virginia, this is basically the Virginia-based mm. Maker Faire. Um, the one in Silver Spring that we went to was kind of like uh, Maryland, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure if they have a Baltimore one because you would think that it would be one in Baltimore. But we do we did see other neighborhoods like in Maryland we saw one in Greenbelt Maryland they have a maker fair there right. so yeah the, I mean they, they do see and then we have the national one which is DC's proper right. yeah DC proper's version so that I think that's one of the reasons why we have many more here in this region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was shocking to see some of the places that didn't have one. Like I actually don't believe Baltimore has one because I've looked it up before. Uh, so Baltimore doesn't do one, but sh- and neither did Chicago up until this year. So, yeah, it's a it's a catching on trend. Yeah, but you know what? If Baltimore had one, it would be like how to make your own meth at home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know things that are that are more Baltimore related. Okay, you know, that is how, so how, wrong to say. <laughs> how to how to make your own homemade guns? What you know, de- defending yourself against? You know, violent crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think if Baltimore had one, I like I, right off the bat, I would think they sh- they would, I would hope they would team up with, uh, is it uh, Second Chance? Second yeah. Chance is the architectural sal- salvage store that's there. Oh yeah. And it it, it could almost be more of like a uh, like a upcycling. So they have an art, like a really large art event, art walk or something like that, art. I forget what it's called, but oh, in Baltimore, yeah, in Baltimore. The art, art something, yeah, art walk yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like a, a week weekend long event, mm-hmm. and it even extends to the week with events at night, you know, very industrial warehousey stuff. So I think that that's, but I've also seen a lot of makers in at this event, and even Nova, like our, um, uh, you know, like a couple of people that were near us, they're they're based out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ultimately, it just takes one person to 
want to be the like the ambassador to get it done and and, and set stuff up because that's what I've that's what we've seen at most places. There's somebody or a group that gets it going. So, um, but uh, I guess just to sort of jump right into the main topic because this is their little banter up front. As people must have guessed, we're going to talk about Nova Maker Fair this week. <laughs> um, um, so let's just like jump right to that as our main topic then. So yeah, let's just get right into talking about Nova Maker Fair. Um, it was in Reston, Virginia. Yes. Yeah, and it was held at Langton Hughes Middle School. Um, what? Uh, why don't we start by I guess talking briefly what your initial impressions were of the Maker Fair? Why don't you go first, Ray? Yeah, well, you know, I wish uh, we we weren't so busy at our own booth mm-hmm. because I didn't have a chance to really walk around uh, like we did at uh, at the Silver Spring one. I think uh, mm-hmm. we weren't quite as swamped. I mean, right. uh, we were pretty swamped. I was I was not expecting that kind of turnout or, or interest. Right. Uh, so uh, I wish I had a little more time. But the, but the, when I did get away and take a look at some of the things, there was a lot of interesting projects going around. And uh, there was uh, some students there from George Mason University doing their experimental uh, racing trike. Mm-hmm. That we ended up uh, talking about and uh, well talking with and and looking at the project that they're developing. So that was quite interesting. And um, the uh, the guys from Revolve Maker were there. Uh, got to see them again. We we uh, I guess we bumped into them in the Silver Spring one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff going around with. Uh, I I don't know if you would call them vendors. I guess exhibitors with mm-hmm. other exhibitors that. Uh, were different than the one that we went to when we went uh, into Silver Spring. So it was a, a, an interesting experience, mm-hmm. and uh, I just wish we had, had had more time. Yeah, I think one of the things that's become more clear is that since we we had our own space at the Maker Faire, we had our own little booth, our 10, 10 by 10 foot booth, it makes it hard to sort of walk around and see what everybody else is doing because yeah. you're, sp- you're at the booth, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, what, what do you think about it, Claudia? Well, what are your initial impressions? Just a quick clarification. So it was, when I when I said at the beginning that it was large, uh, it was really large because it was in actually two different schools and two different buildings. Mm-hmm. So, what, so where we were located was the main arrival point, which was the South Lakes High School. Mm-hmm. And they used, you know, the entire gymnasium, gymnasium and the cafeteria and then lecture halls even. Mm-hmm. So that's just one area. And then there was an outside area where they even had food trucks and they had like, um, the day wasn't like really nice because it was, it was overcast cloudy. and yeah. cold for sure. But they had electric bikes and they had um, like a mobile makerspace and uh, electric vehicles and stuff like that. And then they had like at the middle school, they had its own, like they were using the gym there and they were using... Um, their main uh, atrium and the cafeteria and the library <laughs> in that space. So a lot of people who came actually only got to do even one building. Mm-hmm. And I kept on hearing that from people. They were like, we haven't even gotten to the to the second building. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty cool in that sense because it was fairly, it took a lot of organizing, I'm sure, because to do an event like that, I mean, that's massive. 
Yeah, it was, I think I agree with you, it was almost the type of event. It's funny, because we've been to New York Maker Faire, where it's like a two-day event. And, you know, that place is, it, it's, it's a huge Maker Faire. Um, when, we're, when we've been there, we've been able to just sort of be there to walk around the entire place. And we sort of see most of it in the one day. But, like, here, and you kind of see it on the surface, here it almost felt like if you wanted to spend time talking to people and, and seeing everything, you needed, like, almost like a two-day event to be able to see both buildings and see everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it was funny because some of the other smaller Maker Fairs have not been quite this large. Um, and this one was, you had to pay to get in, too. So it, it was it was crazy because there was not a minute in, in our booth where there was not somebody there talking with us and, and talking yeah. about the projects and everything. So yeah. can we talk a little bit about that, about the, yeah. the, the cost? Yeah, sure. Sort of like in, and the difference between that, because I think that's a really important thing to point out. So we've been to the Silver Spring Fair, Maker Fair, and also the National Maker Fair, which we both were in the, here in the region, which both of them were free. Uh, free. Mm-hmm. And, um, and while they're somewhat well attended, it's always that like phenomenon or if like if it's free, then you don't have the commitment to go attend because you really yeah. haven't invested something in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's always an option. But here, because people had to buy and they, they, they were able to buy early bird tickets. And the tickets range from like for adults were between $9 to $15 the day off. Oh, wow. Yeah. And kids were, it's kind of cool though, because I, I would think that you would have like kids enter free. Mm. But the kids paid a dollar to five dollars. Well, okay, reasonable. Yeah, it's reasonable. But you know, it's like if you're a parent mm-hmm. and you have three kids, or you know, like it already makes it like I think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's it's sort of like the cost of it's definitely cheaper than going to a movie. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then it, you do a lot more, and you learn a lot more, and it's like fun. But um. Yeah. But you definitely get more hours of entertainment. From this than a movie. Yeah. And yeah. education. And yeah. also you hey. get to do like that. So cool. Yeah, and I, and I didn't even know until the end that, uh, when you guys told me that it was a uh, paid entry event. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because the the people that we encountered there differed, uh, the adults and the, and the kids differed a lot uh, from Silver Spring because they seemed to be, to have much more interest uh, they were more inquisitive. They had more questions. So, uh, you know, it's you know one to five dollars or even fifteen dollars for adults on the day of. Is I don't think of it as that much, but it's enough that that people who really really want to attend and they're very interested that they are they're the ones that are going to go instead of the oh uh, you know what there's this thing going on downtown and we got nothing else better to do let's just let the kids go and run around and be busy. Mm-hmm. So it's a yeah. huge difference between those two kind of. Uh, demographics so yeah. and and you as you pointed out we were we did not have a single moment of of quiet mm-hmm. at our booth and and you know what that made me think a lot and i don't know if you guys uh heard me when i was talking to people because i could see it on their face they they have all these other interactive booths and, and exhibitors and things that are either directly oriented for kids or mm-hmm. It's oriented for to uh, adults, like in three D printing, for example. There was even I don't know if you saw it, Jose the uh, the drone uh, booth. They had yeah, like three were... like three spaces wide or something. They had mm-hmm. small drones and all that. Uh, so <clears throat> we when people got to our booth after seeing all that, 
they had this like confused look on their face. Right. Like, what is it? You got all this weird stuff, woodworking and metalworking and 3D printing and laser cutting. And they seemed confused. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I always said, I always explained to them that what you're seeing isn't a an exhibit, like from a typical uh, exhibitor, is that you're looking at our experience, our level of experience. So when you listen to our podcast, this is what you're getting instead of, uh, you know, some kids in high school talking about what they think they know. You're talking about three professionals that have a, uh, a pretty good chunk of experience combined. And so when we discuss making and architecture and design, um, you know, the stuff on the table is the evidence of the experience. Yeah, and I, I think because of that is also part of the reason why we would not, <clears throat> we didn't have like a, a moment of nobody at the booth because everybody that came by it would have to ask, so what are you guys doing? Like, what did, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't like it's happening to us. The guys across the across from us were doing vacuforming from like, you know, spiring foam. Yes. It's very clear what you're doing and it's an activity and you can sit there and do it and then you move on. Yeah. But with that, it was, it's more of a conversation, which is part of what I enjoyed about it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I talked to people that uh, are, were not, are not podcast lis- listeners in general. They don't mm-hmm. listen to podcasts. Like, you know, this sounds really interesting. I think I'm going to listen to yours and see how I like it. Uh, but they don't, they're don't. they not regular podcast listeners. So uh, be, it's interesting that uh, they found what we were doing and what we're discussing there interesting enough to start doing something they didn't do before. Right. Well, it was interesting because a lot of the parents that are bringing their kids to because the kids are interested in this uh, or because they themselves are interested in trying to get the kids interested in this can find a reason to like oh if i listen to the podcast and i can pick up some stuff to 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 do and to show the kids how to do you know yeah so it was yeah because yeah. we also had a few screens there with your your youtube channel my youtube channel right and they got to see the behind the scenes stuff as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool yeah, I mean, I think it's more like a. It's a, what we offer is, is a. It's it's a diverse product. Like I had a lot of people ask me, "What are you selling?" Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. can I buy this? Yeah. And because we we were in there, we attend the maker fairs because there is actually like a specific booth um, uh, rentals, I guess, or booth participation rentals that if you are share if you are buying if you're selling something you. You also have to qualify through that route, but we don't go through that. We are we we join the maker maker movement, so it's more of like makers. Right. There's the retailer booth that you can get, or there's the project booth. So the project mm-hmm. booth is just you're showing your project. You're not going to sell anything, and the retailers are there with what maybe they three D print stuff, but they have three D printed stuff for sale. You know. Mm-hmm. So. But what's really interesting about us is that we're also a media organization. Right. So because we have, and, and that's that showed in our in our booth because we had not only the podcast, but we also were showing the YouTube channels, and you know we were showing how what we do mm-hmm. as a whole, mm-hmm. the projects and basically the content that 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 is created in order for it to be featured in the different platforms that we have. So I think that that's that's interesting in, in terms of maker fair and it's unique because it's not necessarily it encompasses a lot more and I think we do that through media. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, when I, I know Claudia, you got a chance to go to one of the classes or one of the what, how would you call it one of the lectures that we're giving. 
Yeah, they had um, sections. They had, like I mentioned earlier, they had the lecture halls. Um, and oh, by the way, which really it was interesting. If you got there early, I think in the Ming and Assembly room, they had a church, um, like <laughs> fair that was also you had reserved the space before. Oh, really? So I think I think some people that left the church, mm-hmm. they decided to stick around and, <laughs> and hang out. That. that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I went. I managed to take off really quick and go to one of the panel discussions because I, I found that one interesting. They had really good ones. They had, um, um, it, they were predominantly about uh, entrepreneurship, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I went to was called "Monetizing What You Love to Make: Launching a Kickstarter Campaign," and it featured four different um, panelists. One of, and they're all like they all had a product, or were. Uh, involved in putting in multiple products through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Mini Museum. The other one was Revolve Makers, which... Who, yeah, if people remember, he was one of the interviews from the Silver Spring Maker Fair. You can go back and listen to him talk about yes. the, the Revolve Maker. Yeah. Yep, and then there was uh, the Lake Ann mm-hmm. Brew House. So th- that was interesting because it was a it was a nano brewery, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is you usually think of the microbreweries, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is a nano one. So I guess it's because it's even smaller than that. And um, and the other one was the uh, Cube Fit, uh, yeah, which was uh, a lot about um, standing while you're working, like a standing. Um, oh yeah, like a standing desk. Standing desk, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what was what was cool was like the brewing company was was interesting because that's not necessarily a making. Pro, like a like the typical making process, but the fact that they did their um, funding through Kickstarter was cool. Um, mm. And one of the things that they were saying is because Kickstarter kind of like shuns upon uh, selling alcohol, right? Because uh-huh. that that's mm-hmm. so they also included um, soda for kids. Mm. So they had like different types of juices that they kind of put together and they invented themselves, I guess. Mm. Well, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I didn't go to the panel, but I thought, like, when you were telling me you're going to go to it, the interesting part to me is that it's like it shows you just how much Kickstarter has become a large part of the maker movement. And, I mean, entrepreneurship, one, but also, you know, a lot of makers are going into Kickstarter for the stuff they're making and to promote it and to and to fund their making to sell some of the stuff they're doing, which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I gathered from that, that was that Revolve um, Makers... I mean, you know, given their name, right? What they do is they they have this collaborative business model in which they um, collaborate. Some, you know, at times they build their own, but at times, most of the time, they also collaborate with other makers to then uh, together put a proposal for Kickstarter, and that it could be for different things. I mean, right now they're doing the whole spinners, and we'll talk about the spinners and stuff like that in a few, but. That was interesting. So it's almost like a an incubator of uh, makers collaborating with each other and submitting something to Kickstarter. Nice. And then one last thing I wanted to say about Kickstarter is in that um, in the uh, na- in the in, in the World Maker Fair in New York, there's a whole section. Remember, guys, there was a, this big section about Kickstarter, right? Yes. And it was like yeah. their main a whole like tent. big projects. Yeah. Yeah. What I really liked about this is that without having the need of Kickstarter being one of the sponsors, like a really big sponsor, you're able to trickle down all the way to the hyper-local community mm-hmm. and see how the community members are using um, Kickstarter. 
So Kickstarter's presence is still there, but you're seeing it from the grassroots, you know, like how do you start, like when your neighbor wants to do something. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing how like there's a community already in place that can help you with that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Um, well, I mean, I think <clears throat> we have some interviews that we're going to play, but I think before we get to those, I mean, if you guys have a particular thing that you found most interesting, you know, Eric would love to hear it. Do you guys have anything in particular? Uh, nothing in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me, uh, one of the things that was interesting is that one of the main sponsors was Nova Labs, and they actually had a large space. It's funny because at, at some of the other maker fairs, like at New York City and at... Um, the DC one here, uh, National Maker Fair, Radio Shack had like a booth where you could go and make things and you could solder stuff or whatever. So this time I get, you know, this is a smaller Maker Fair, Radio Shack not as involved, but Nova Lab sort of took that spot, took that place, and you could make the little the little pin with lights and stuff like that at their space. You know, there was some little bit of soldering going on and you could sh- learn how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting to me. Even close to us, right? They had the... The one guy that was using a lathe. Yeah, there was a guy using a lathe sort of forward from us, which is, it was good that it was there because, you know, one of the things that draws a lot of people in when when we've gone to this thing is uh, the bowl that you've made, right? Oh, yeah. Right. And and people are always wondering how it's made because they're expecting it to be a made with a machine somehow, like made almost like with a laser or it had to have been, like they're expecting some kind of robotic way of having made it and it you know it's really done by hand <laughs> you you yeah, spin it in your lathe by hand so but the fact that there was a guy with a lathe further up it was good to be like yeah if you go see that one it's similar to that but not quite <laughs> yeah you just know? a little bigger yeah well a lot bigger but also <laughs> you know that one was a traditional lathe uses a bowl lathe you know yeah and they did it specifically for kids because mm-hmm. they had the lathe at, at a really low low height level so that you know, like kids with different heights could use it. Which is cool. And there was a huge line. I mean, they were like the ones that were like there till the end. Yep. Yeah. Well, the same thing with the people that were across the hall from us, um, doing the uh, vacuum forming. Um, what was the name of that group? It's on the. It's on the. Uh, it's Future Maker Space. <coughs> and the Future Maker Kids. Yeah, and they what they do is they go and you, it'll be one of the interviews you guys hear they go to different schools and sort of provide a program to sort of teach about making. So, you know, particularly if you're not at school and you want to be able to get your kids involved in it, you can go to them and say, like, we want this program. Or, you know, this this semester we're doing this program, we'll definitely go in and teach your students. So they do two things. I've, I've actually met up with them through the DC STEM network. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so within the STEM, within school systems, uh, charter schools and public schools, predominantly charter schools in that same model, there's alternative uh, education programs. Mm-hmm. So it's aside from the, they, you know, like uh, eight to three school day, that after school care sort of, now it's called alternative education, right? Um, mm-hmm. So different programs, uh, organizations that get funding for, you know, to hold those programs, um, are their main audience so that they will go to those alternative programs and include STEM um, education, which is really cool because you think of alternative education, you know, after hours, mm-hmm. more like sports or music, mm-hmm. right, or maybe art, but yeah. not necessarily um, 
more science, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And this is yeah. really cool because this combines technology, science, and and it the focus their focus is on teaching educators to do different programs, and then they also uh, can fund the program. I, I know a little bit about them because of that. Yeah, you've met them. And they're they're the ones who are out of Baltimore as well. Nice, nice, cool. Um, all right, well, so how about uh, anybody that you spoke with in particular or any kind of experience talking to people that stands out for you guys? Um, and, uh, well, ahead. we talked to so many people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I just, sort yeah, of, I, I just <laughs> dropped this on you guys. So I'll give you an example of somebody I spoke with that right. like stood out to me. It was, um, yeah, because one of the things I brought with me is I had 3D printed a our logo as sort of a keychain. Mm-hmm, right, yes. and I had made that 3D print, and I had made a mold of it using um, I, I, um, what's that silicone? But yeah, so a, a rubber, silicone rubber, right? And then from that silicone rubber mold, I had made a bunch of um, a bunch of plastic casts of it, and I had like seven or whatever there. So when I was explaining to somebody about how this worked, there was a teacher who I didn't know. There was a lady there. Turns out she's a teacher, and she's been trying to figure out more things to do with her students and the 3D printer, so she was like, oh, this is a great idea, because now, now you give me more ideas, this is expanded, what I can show my students, and I can teach my students to do, we can start getting into these things, and, you know, I started explaining to her, I'm like, yeah, everything that I, that I got to do this, I also bought locally, you know, I bought it from an art store, I didn't, I didn't order it from any website, it didn't, didn't have to be special order, or whatever, so it's one of those things that just having this conversation with people, it, like, shows them different things they can do, you know? Yeah. So, On the spot, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. yeah. So um, I'm thinking, I mean, you guys were speaking with different people, and it, I know, you, Ray, you were talking to somebody that wanted to, wants to, like, figure out how to do, with you, they get really technical <laughs> questions. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. But, and they even somebody, asked me what kind of machines I use, and right. yeah. all yeah. kinds of stuff like that, yeah. I mean, I'll add one just before Ray gets into the technical topic, which is really cool. Um, so Ray, Ray has been working on these wheels, like these fat bicycle wheels. Right, and you know he designs them, and he um, water jets the the frame and everything else, and they're really cool. So I was just sitting there playing with it, you know, like and showing people because everybody like loves it. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, I think it was a dad. He comes over and he's like, you know, in the other room at the gym, there's this other group who's working on a tricycle. Mm-hmm. And what I heard from them is that they were having a difficult time in finding the wheels. Mm-hmm. And, and and sort of like sorting that problem out. And it seems like you guys have the solution here. So he's yeah. like, my suggestion is that you guys go talk to, to the people over there. Um, and I was just like, this is really cool because then, you know, that's people are able to make those connections themselves mm-hmm. and like connect us since we were so busy. You know, it's not like we could have gone over there. So then I told Ray to go and maybe he'll talk about it a little bit more. But. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, when things slowed down a little bit, I did exactly that. I went there and talked to them. And those were the students from the George Mason uh, University. And they're working on a, uh, I'm not sure how you would call it. It's not a homemade tricycle, and it's not like a traditional tricycle. It is a, a racing tricycle. So the position's a little bit weird. The frame is a little bit unusual. And uh, they, are, they were there trying to uh, generate interest and maybe a few donations for their project. Uh, and it's an engineering project, but they had actually very little support from the school itself. They had, you know, it was all on their own. So uh, they, when I went there to look at them, 
uh, what they had, they basically just had a mock-up, is what they had. They mm. couldn't really use anything. And uh, I didn't tell them at first <laughs> mm-hmm. that I, or somebody already told me and that I had uh, wheels for them. I just asked them about the project and they were, you know, showing me what they were doing. And I, uh, I said to them, yeah, the way you're mounting these wheels, uh, it's very difficult to get the rigidity you're looking for. And they go, yes, I, we know. You know, uh, your typical bicycle wheel has studs on it. And when you put it on your bicycle, you put the nuts on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I casually said to them, I think you need a, a wheel that you can put a, that is hollow and you can put a bolt all the way through and bolt it right in. And they say, yes, that's what we need, but nobody makes it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've got some news for you. It just so happens that that's exactly what I make. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were quite surprised. And I said, well, if you got some time, come check out the wheels. And then we ended up coming to our booth and having a very long discussion about uh, the wheels and different aspects that they could use. Uh, the fact that I have already spent the time and energy to re-engineer the problem that they are having the exact problem that they're having. Uh, they don't have to, uh, you know, <laughs> reinvent the wheel because <laughs> because uh, I've already done it. And uh, so they were quite surprised that there was a solution already in place, and and they don't have to spend countless hours and tons of money trying to figure it out. Nice. So yeah, uh, his name was Patrick. I remember uh, his first name. But I don't remember his last name. But it's George Mason. Yeah, so that's cool because George Mason is a is a public university of the Northern Virginia area. It's pretty big. It's Go Patriots, you know. But uh, they, yeah. So it's it's a public university. So they, you know, sometimes they don't get the research money that is needed for everything, and they're not known for being like this big engineering school either. So um, yeah, so that's that's really cool that you made that connection. Yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. No. Um, yeah, and actually one of the people I spoke with were, was a student that helps run, I guess they just opened up a makerspace at George Mason University for the students to be able to use. It's sort of like independent of any other, of the actual departments or anything. So, um, hopefully when, once I play the, play the interviews, that'll be one of them. It was the first interview I did and I was working on the audio, so hopefully it plays well. Um. But uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and play the interviews that we did while we were there, and then after that we'll uh, we'll put a bow on Nova Maker. So wrap it up. Hold on, so let's uh, yeah, let's go to that now. All right, so I'm here with Madison. Hello there. Hi, how are you? Why don't you tell us uh, who who you're here with? I'm here with Mason Innovation Exchange. Um, we are a makerspace on campus at George Mason University. We are currently um, expanding as much as we possibly can um, and looking to collaborate and um, we are essentially all about uh, giving people supplies and tools that they wouldn't otherwise have and to make you know really cool things oh, that's, yeah. that's very interesting. How long have you guys been at, open at the school? Uh, four semesters. Four so, semesters? Yeah, okay. not yeah, very long. Yeah, I mean, it's still young, but you guys get a lot of attendance there? Or? Yeah, we've um, slowly grown in population. We have um, dedicated staff members and volunteers, and um, we get a lot of people. We do workshops, uh, and um, we allow the students who get certified in the workshops to use uh, our materials and uh, machines for free. Okay, and you don't have to be from a specific major or anything to use it? No, it's for everybody. For everybody. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, what, what, can you tell us some of the machines you have there? 
Yeah, we have um, really cool things. We have a plethora of uh, 3D printers, um, a vinyl cutter, a soldering iron, Dremel, I'm trying to think. Um, we have a VR, an Oculus Rift. Um, what else? We have, well, we're going to get, um, in, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get a laser cutter. So okay, we're cool. bringing in new technology um, as we expand. Yeah, yeah. 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 studying at George Mason first? Um, I'm studying computer game design. I'm looking to be uh, a concept artist. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. I know what year are you in? I'm, in, I'm a freshman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you did you, so basically when you started there, did the shop about start or you... Um, yeah, my friend introduced me to the shop and I kind of fell in love with the people and the atmosphere and the ability to use these cool machines I've never been able to use before. So what sort of stuff are you making in the shop? In the shop? So I'm in charge of vinyl cutter. What we do is we take two Sahaj. How are you, Sahaj? Good. Yeah, speak into the microphone, though, all right? Yeah. I'm doing good. You're good? All right. Um, how old are you? I'm 10. You're 10. Wow. So what brings you to the Maker for Hearing Nova today? What's your favorite thing you've seen so far? Probably this. Oh, like <laughs> the, the stuff we have here at the show from the show. Yeah, like the oh, okay. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you do you do some making yourself? You were telling me. Yep. Yeah. Well, what sort of stuff do you make? So, uh, I've had a couple projects. Most of so, uh, my first like big project was where I was trying to make. I, I really like Spider-Man at the time. Uh -huh. so you're trying to make the web shooters, wow. I was trying to make a web shooter. Yeah. I ended up doing it a bit, uh -huh. and then it transformed into a way for archaeologists to get uh, materials and, like, chisels and stuff together quickly. Oh, ah, very cool. Nice. Which I think would be a little too dangerous. It <laughs> might be. And then uh, after that, I was working on a board game, which is a three dimensional version of chess. Oh, nice. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, very cool, very cool. And now the project I'm working on is the military is looking into ways to uh, do operations in space, so uh -huh. deep. And so what I'm working on is a way where you could, so you could do like uh, an open heart surgery in wow. the middle of space. So like oh, either wow. simulate gravity yeah. or figure out a way to do it without gravity. Wow, you get you get into complex <laughs> things here, <laughs> like stuff that's way over my head. Actually, <laughs> that's very cool. Now, what what you go to school around here? Uh, no, my mom goes. Oh, okay. So, is that where you're learning a lot of your uh, making from as well, from your mom or your dad or? Uh, probably my mom. 
my brother, my dad, and Nova. Ah, Nova Labs. Yeah, a lot of people here. They, and also YouTube videos. Nice. Yeah, you know, that, that's a very really good way of learning some stuff. But uh, a lot of people here go to Nova Labs. What's your favorite machine at Nova Labs? Very cool, nice. Or, I, I like the uh, wood cutting place. The what? The wood cutting place. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. nice, very but cool. Really so when did you start making? You're 10 now, how long have you been doing make, making from? Since you can remember? Maybe you should Legos, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lego. But in Nova Labs, he's probably been doing it since he was about seven or so. Seven, yeah. okay, seven. yeah. So three years professionally, but your whole life, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's so cool to meet you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, keep up the good work. I, I can't wait to be able to have heart surgery in space. Thank you for having me, too. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so I'm here with Sophia. How are you? Good. So uh, tell me a little bit about what brings you to Maker Fair here in Nova. So I am sometimes what I call a midnight chocolatier. Oh, okay. I love chocolate. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would love to try one. Oh, thank you. What, what is it just solid chocolate? Yeah, it's very tasty. Oh, wow. So this is a much smaller one to some of the other ones you've probably been to. Yeah, like Florida, Orlando was yeah. a very large one. <laughs> yeah, yeah all of them. we've gone to New York a few times, and, and even the, the one in D.C. is a, a lot nice size as well, but okay. But, uh, so when you come to one like this, what, what sort of stuff draws you in then? Um, part of it is looking for people I might want to collaborate with and mm -hmm. see if uh, I can have them come be our citizen scientists and help us make things and, and hmm. integrate some of the, these new emerging technologies and, hmm. and engaging younger kids to help nice. us enhance our science. Um, other things are just being able to do stuff too while I'm here. Is, I, I'm more of a doer yeah. um, and I think in, with the work I'm doing it's, it's a lot of talking and a lot of listening, mm -hmm. which is listening is very important. Um, a lot of presentations, but sometimes it's important to just do and it's nice right, right. to be in a place where it encourages people to make and try out. Oh, very nice. Cool. Yeah, so it helps the inspiration a little bit. Mm -hmm. Nice. How long have you been making the chocolate? This is, this is really good. <laughs> you like it? Yeah, I am. So I guess it started when I was in Colorado, but I did, it was a little different. It tasted mm -hmm. different at the time, and I perfected it at the time. So maybe since 2012 or 11. Oh, very cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, do you sell it anywhere or no? You just... I always make it and just give it away and share it with people. Yeah. or some events so I'll make them and share it but I, I was thinking that once I fill out this whole box full of <laughs> empty chocolate boxes maybe that would be the point that where I might point. sell it it would be a nice business on the side but it's nice yeah. to just share okay, cool. where can people if they're interested in the work that you're doing through the US USGBC US Geological yeah where can people find out more about that is there a website or yeah well you can find me on Twitter at Sophia B. Liu. S O P H I A, B is in boy, L I E. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I'll definitely give you a follow. We can we can follow up on what you're doing. That sounds interesting. So, thank you so much for being on the show. All right, so I'm here with Marty and Zoe here at the Nova America Fair. Uh, what brings you guys to Nova America Fair? You're from the area, from the area, Alexandria. Oh, okay, very and, cool. Uh, and yeah, just seeing all the crazy stuff that you really can't see anywhere else in one place. It's nice. pretty awesome. Nice. nice. Now, how old, are, Zoe? How old are you? You don't want to say? Seven. Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you, what do you like about Maker for here? vacuum forming yeah nice has does she do a lot of making in any shape or form or? yeah that counts yeah my yeah my mother makes a lot of craft making sort of stuff yeah that's cool so yeah nice 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 <laughs> nice nice how about you you do you do any making myself Coming to this sort of thing, yeah, very nice, cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> okay, I think she's done. See what do. All right, well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Zoe. All right, so I'm here with uh, Matt, yep. and you're with Future Makers. That's right. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys were doing here today at Nova Mega Fair? Uh, this was the third year that we've been on site. Each year we're trying something new. Yeah. Uh, this year was all about thermoforming, so nice. vacuum forming with little people. Cool. Very cool. Now, what other? I mean, what other stuff do you guys do in general? Our team is a core of coaches that mm -hmm. all have special skills. They're nice. all makers and educators, mm -hmm. and we visit out-of-school time programs. Okay. We coach in classrooms oh, all okay. over Greater DC and Greater Baltimore. Oh, very cool. Very cool. How many schools are you working with currently? Uh, a whole bunch. There's mm -hmm. 46 presently that we're active in and then there's many more that we do pop-up visits in all the time. Oh, very cool. Now, so today you're doing the thermoforming. What other projects do you guys have for, for the kids to do? Well, the way, that, the way that it works for us is we have themes and then the coaches build experiences based around themes. So the folks that we work for are really interested in innovation. They're a little less interested in the processes or the tools. They want to know how young people are solving problems nice. using creative technologies. So, like right now, we're ending a season that was all about things that are alive. Oh. Uh, and during the summertime, we're going to be moving into more of a building and construction period. Oh. Okay. Uh, and then next school year is going to be focusing on tools, materials, and processes, oh. uh, but using them not as the, the ends, but the means. Mm -hmm. Solving with tools. Wow, very cool, yeah. very cool. And now you've been at Maker for three years. How long have has? Well, this is the third out of four years that that we've been participating mm -hmm. in it over here. Yeah. Uh, and they've been, you know, designing and sort of running this for a little longer than that. So. Oh, okay. Very yeah. cool. 
Great. So, and what's the, the website is kids, kids make things Great. Well, thank you so much for joining. I think for telling us about this uh, sure. this project is very cool, and uh, I hope a lot of more schools come over to you guys and start getting some of this in their classrooms. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Of yeah. So those were the interviews. They were they were good, weren't they? Yeah. They're very nice. Very yeah. Very good. Um, a very a variety of people, you know, from parents, uh, parents over there with their kids, to you know, a couple of kids that really brought their parents over, you know, a couple of projects. So I, I a slice, I think, of everybody that was there. Yeah, um, I gotta give you props, Jose, because we were busy. I mean, yeah. the people that haven't gotten that by now is that we were super busy talking mm-hmm. to people, and you managed to like get people to. To like interview you, and you did it all your own. You know, you're like, all right, yeah, I'm do just uh, well. I mean, I set it up early enough, and I was just like, you know, as people would come by, I'm like, you interested? You know, and for every three people you ask, one says yes. So, and then at the end, as we we're sort of tearing everything down, I pulled a couple other people in. That you know, the guy that was across from us to talk about his project and stuff. So yeah. And I'm a little jealous because you guys both got like goodies from one of the, oh, the chocolate chocolates yes oh yeah <laughs> yeah the chocolates they were good they were good chocolates <laughs> meanwhile i didn't get any chocolates i was like what happened <laughs> all right well next time next time we see her at one of the maker fairs we'll, we'll tell her she has to give me a piece of chocolate <laughs> so, yeah but, yeah um, um yeah i guess uh yeah it was it was quite a surprise i wasn't expecting her to um to give us chocolates while we're while we're doing the whole thing yeah, well, because when I, when I started the interview, I was like, yeah, you know, I just want to ask you a couple, I'm going to ask you a couple of things about what you do. And she was like, oh, let me get ready. I'm like, oh, she's going to have some some kind of project or whatever. So once we start talking, and then she gives me a bit of chocolate, I'm like, oh, okay. And I was not expecting that either. So. And I was very moder- motherly with you guys. I was like, yeah. wait, did you guys ask about this this chocolate that you put in your mouth? You know, you're making sure that it's... <laughs> I mean, it was, it was during the interview, she was telling me about it. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Gotta die yeah. something. <laughs> you know, nobody lives forever. Exactly. Um, well, any closing thoughts about Maker uh, about Nova Maker Fair? Would I guess the the thing is in rating it. This is the way best way of rating it. Would you go back next year? I would definitely. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. So and, and I would highly recommend it to other people that they're in the area. They should definitely go check it out. So I've yet to be to go to a Maker Fair that I wouldn't recommend somebody to go to. So. Cool. All right, well, let's go to the next segment of the show, which is the product of the week. All right, so this week, the product of the week is called the U-Arm Swift. Ray, you uh, you found this product. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, uh, this is one of those things that just ended up popping up. Um, uh, that uh, I've never heard of, I've never seen, but apparently this is their second go around mm-hmm. um, on the uh, in Indiegogo for funding this uh, programmable robotic arm, right. and it, it got my attention because it was uh, the form of it was was different from everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, well, let me take a look at this. Um, but <laughs> once I did get to look at it. Um, I'm like, wow, this does not seem particularly useful. Um, <laughs> as you know, from the point of view of actually using it to make something, right? Um, but uh, but they're not really marketing it that way. They're not really uh, marketing it as a maker tool. They're marketing it as a learning tool. Mm-hmm. 
And in that regard, I think uh, it's very user-friendly. And uh, in fact, I think in their videos, they have uh, a, a child, you know, learning to program it by gesturing. Uh, what's interesting is you don't have to program it directly. You can just make, make it follow a motion and then it will repeat your motion. Right. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a robotic arm that swivels and it uh, articulates and it's got a couple of attachments. And one of the attachments is a, a laser engraving head. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it reminds me of the product of the week last, uh, last episode that was an all-in-one printer, engraver, engraver, laser. Right. Yeah. It reminds me uh, of that in, in one regard, and that is that it doesn't do a good job. Uh, you know, it just, I mean, it does it, but it doesn't do a great job at it. Uh, so uh, it caught my attention because I thought it was interesting at first, and then once I, I looked into it, and you know they've got a pretty, pretty low cost, mm -hmm. uh, and I guess that's just for the entry level. There's two models. There's the uh, the U Arm Swift and the U Arm uh, and Swift Pro, mm -hmm. uh, and the difference is is that the the Pro has more robust gearing and and motor uh, in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem particularly useful, but it does seem like a, like a curious, uh, object and perhaps as a learning tool, it might be very, very interesting. Um, and, and what I like is that in their listing, they've got a few reviews and the first, the very first review, I'm going to read it here from the verge, a programmable robot, robot arm that can pass you drinks and high five you every morning. Uh, really who needs friends? So... <laughs> That's not exactly... Um, it's not a ringing endorsement. Ringing endorsement of all its abilities, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, conceptually, conceptually, I found it interesting, and in particular because robotic arms are a staple in, in industrial settings and manufacturing. Right. So they are, they're kind of shrunk that down, and we've seen a lot of that industrial type of machinery being shrunk down, like with the water jet and the laser and the, the, uh, the CNC... Uh, carving, you know, the little mm -hmm. 3D, I'm sorry, uh, three-axis um, right. CNC routers. So we've seen a lot of this reduction, and now there's the robotic arm it has also been reduced. Mm -hmm. But it's been reduced to the point where it's really not a useful tool anymore. Right. I'm yeah, not sure I, if you got to see the video of the quality of the, of the laser engraving. Uh, I mean, I, I did. I saw it. and Yeah, I mean, which is funny because... That's probably the most useful example they showed. <laughs> and it is, it was, yeah. It wasn't very good. Um, I think a big issue, I, I mean, it's Indiegogo, so they're going to get the money no matter what. But I think a big issue was some of the examples they showed were not great. You know, like at one point they have, they're like, oh, you can put a fan on it and it'll follow your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I forgot about to, that. I don't need a robot to do this. I can get an oscillating fan for. for 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's not following my face directly, but it's moving back and forth. <laughs> That's not a very useful thing. But you put a camera on there, and all of a sudden it's a little more useful, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're, yeah. a, you're working around in your shop. Right. If you're a blogger and you're a thing, and you know, like it becomes a, a more useful thing. Um, so in that sense, I was like, okay, some of these examples, I'm sure if I spent time thinking about better ways of using the ro this robot arm, I could come up with better examples than steering my coffee. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That was yeah. the one thing that I appreciated. Did you like, like the gesture? Yes, because that's that makes it easy. Like, how about know. holding holding your soda and carrying it eighteen inches away 
right. from where you were. We're pa- <laughs> passing you cards for some reason. Like yeah. Playing cards. I, like all of those were terrible examples. Like I, f- and I'm not gonna spend the time trying to come up with better ideas for them because it's you know I'm not interested. I think the so. camera one is probably one of the better ideas. You're right. I, th- I feel like that would be a better thing to do. You know, like you could yeah. aim it at something you're working on, and as you're moving around, it'll follow you around. Like, yeah. But they didn't show that, and it makes me wonder: Can it even do that? Is it only going to follow your face somehow? But I would think it'd be you'd be able to set it to follow other things. Um, anyways, I I don't know. So how I, did they do the the coffee thing? Right? They need to show like your. No, with the, so the coffee thing was you could it was demonstrating that you could teach it a motion and then it would repeat that motion. Ah, oh, got it. Just right. Right. Yeah. It was a, yeah. It was sort of following the motion you taught it. Um. Yeah, I think to me it looked more like it's a two hundred dollars. Is it two hundred dollars for the base model? Yeah, two hundred bucks. It's like yeah. a two hundred dollar teaching toy. Is really what yeah. it is. Yeah. So. And that's what that's the vibe I got when I, you know, I don't know if you saw it, the link first. You go, oh, hey, this looks interesting, and then when you really saw it, you're like, no, this is, this is kind of uh, <laughs> well, disappointing. And- yeah, and it, I think it's partly because when you first look at it, you're like, oh, all the things I could do with this. But you don't necessarily think of them right away and like, I'm going to look at their video and see all the things they do with it. And then you look at the video and I'm like, really, that's what, they, that's what, that's what you do with it? <laughs> like, Never I don't mind. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, when, when I first saw the arm, like, the first thing I thought about, I don't know if you've seen Iron Man 1, like, the very first Iron Man uh, movie. Iron Man, yes, yes, yes. All right, yes. in that movie, he has these two rob- robots that are arms that yes. help him with everything. <laughs> Yes. You know, but they're they almost seem like conscious, <laughs> like they have a they they like sentient. Yeah, like sentient almost, you know. Like they he talks to them and tells them what to do, tells one to hold the camera, tells the other one to do this. Like I was like like that's the oh. first thought that comes to mind when I see it. And then you look at it and like this is so far away from that. <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Huh. So I don't know. Maybe I've just watched too many superhero movies. But I remember, like, in the third one, when the whole thing collapses, he, like, he, he, he felt so bad they, they collapsed into the ocean and were destroyed that he carries them away to fix them. You know, like... Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways. <laughs> I, I wanted the, the robot assistant, and that's not what this hand thing is. No. So, I'm going to make... Like, so, I'm just going to close this off with saying, like, our one of our purposes, and this is something we were explaining during the Maker Fair, was that... You know, we, we talk about accessibility. We, when we when we deal with equity, we talk a lot about how accessible things are and whether they're worth the the hype mm-hmm. and the expense and the because yeah, the hype kind of sets the whole maker movement and the products that are within the maker movement mm-hmm. into a specific price range and an access like and how accessible they are to people or or perhaps also marginalizing a whole group of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, that products like this tend to you know at, at that cost to educate someone you know it's it's not it's just not feasible and it's not the, the big question is why you know why why go through that um, and I like the fact that that's what we do right we talk about those things and we bring it down to like the social aspect of it that it's not setting these high standards or this high baselines of cost for products that are sometimes not worth it mm-hmm. um, is, is not, it shouldn't be part of the maker movement in a way. That's just my opinion, but at least that, you know, accessibility is really important. Yeah, and, you know, I, gotta, I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I don't know if, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been in high school for, I'm not going to say how many years, but it's been a while since I graduated high school. I don't, and I know when I was going to high school and I was lucky enough to take 
the drafting classes and we we were we would get the computers and we got AutoCAD and like I've learned to do AutoCAD for some time. I don't know if high schools now are buying things like this to teach robotics. Maybe they are, I don't know. But maybe this is still too expensive for them to mm -hmm. be able to buy this to use it. Maybe it is a tool for that in that sense. It's not marketed that way, I'll tell you that. It's not marketed in a way of like, oh, you know, get your school to buy this. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, all right, well, that is the U-Arm Swift. We, as always, are not associated with this product. And <laughs> And if they want to send one, send one to us so we could try it out and give it a more thorough review, we welcome that. We would definitely try it out. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's go into the next segment of the show. All right, so we are at the segment of what are we working on? So, what have you guys been working on? Who wants to go first, Claudia? Um, well, I recently downloaded GIS again into my computer, mm -hmm. and um, every time I do that, like, I just I realize how much I like mapping, mm -hmm. and how problem solving through data and analysis through data is pretty cool. Um, I've also been trying to do some more webinars on 3D and mapping, mm -hmm. because there's new features in uh, ArcGIS S3 product, and... Um, I think also there's some features as far as GPS is concerned and um, and um, uh, drones, mm. drone technology. So, because you, you use a lot of drone technology in order to figure out parcels or land areas or like, you know, mm. like do that type of scanning. Mm. So I'm going to be looking at that a little bit more. It'll be interesting. Maybe I can do like a, one of our shows cool. about the, the connection of those two. Nice. Yeah, and I know like they had like Atlas project at this maker fair, so I'm gonna be looking a little bit more on that and see how the connection between those two. Very cool, cool, cool. Ray, what about you? Uh, busy as always. You know how that goes. Uh, uh, I don't know if we mentioned if I mentioned it last time about the six layer sign that I made. No. Uh, yeah, so I made the <laughs> six layer sign and I shipped it out this Monday. I shipped it out on Monday. And uh, what it was is for my 5,000 subscribers on my, on my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I picked someone, or I should say I picked them. I asked in a group who they thought would, would be deserving of a custom-made sign. Not, of course, not knowing what that sign was going to be. The only mm -hmm. restriction was that it had to be, you know, any logo of your choice in a 12 by 12 size format. 12 so, by 12 inches. 12 by 12 inches, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I put up a video of the making the sign last uh, last Thursday. So there's a video of that now. Uh, so the individual who almost unanimously was selected uh, was um, Eloy of Escajelo Woodworking. And he uh, decided to pick probably the most difficult <laughs> logo. It was a poster that he made up for himself. And it, it looks on the on the surface looks to be very simple but in order to make it work to be able to achieve that 3d quality of a sign it ended up being six layers deep so every layer was a was a sheet of aluminum cut out in a certain yeah. way so it was six layers um and then so ended up being inch how and thick an inch and a half inch and a half yeah okay. yeah. yeah inch and a half thick so there was a quarter inch spacer in between of them 
Nice. Those layers. And then three, uh, three of those layers were black and three of those layers were white. Hmm. And uh, so they offer some interesting contrast. So anyway, uh, he just uh, he just received it yesterday, mm-hmm. but he didn't open the box until today. <laughs> he got it yesterday yesterday evening, and he wanted to film an unboxing video to see so everybody could see his first impression. So what I did is I threatened him mm-hmm. with uh, that the sign was finished, but what I'd l- really like to do is melt it down into a blob for my video, and then mail him the blob. With a picture of what the sign looked like before it was melted, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was he was afraid that I was actually going to do that, and somebody in in uh, that in that group that uh, we're a part of said, you know, you already have a water jet, wouldn't it just be easier to cut it in half? And I'm like, you know what, that's genius. That's only going to take three minutes. I don't have to spend an hour trying to melt this down. <laughs> yeah. So I think he might have been a little nervous that I was going to actually he got a, that he would have gotten a blob. <laughs> A blob, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice, very cool. That's cool, really cool. cool. That's t- I mean, that's part of the whole thing, right? Engaging your audience, and yeah. that's awesome, right? That's really cool. Oh, yeah, he cool. he pretty much comments on just about every video. He watches just about every single one of my videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, we met when uh, somebody that watches your videos at the. At oh, the that's maker. right. Yes. Yeah. The young kid, right? Yeah, young kid. That one was of our really first. Cool. Yeah, one of our first visitors to the uh, yeah. to the booth. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I forgot yeah. all about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah we met <laughs> a lot of surprise. people. <laughs> yeah, we met yeah. so many people. That, but that was, in fact, uh, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I think he was surprised, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't so much like a stalking like type of thing. But, yeah, but you awesome. know what? I wouldn't mind a stalker. I've never had a stalker. <laughs> be kind of interesting, right? <laughs> a new experience. I'm all about new experiences. So that, let's put it out there. Ray is looking for a stalker. <laughs> Send your applications Send your to Ray yep. at madepodcast.com. <laughs> oh. um. Stalker wanted. You know what? That'll be an interesting uh, title. I think I'm going to... That might be a good, a good um, video topic. Stalker wanted. Yes. <laughs> cool, cool. Glad to help. Glad to help. Um. What about you, Jose? Oh, yes. So, I've been really busy because, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but, uh, um, so, end of 2015, I, I had done an art show called Automatic, and that was before we started the podcast, so I know I didn't mention it on here, but, uh, so, it's, you know, it's, they hold it every other year, basically, and it's an art show by artist for artist. It's seven floors of... They take over an office building, and it's this this year's seven floors of an office building, and it's basically every room, every office you can think of, you know, and, and each floor might have like thirty offices. There's like two artists per office, so you're gonna get like you know hundreds of artists, like four hundred plus artists, at this uh, at this art show, um, and it's free to go to. It lasts for a month and a half, so I've been busy getting my artwork ready to put up. I, I do a lot of photography. I don't talk about it a lot here because it's not necessarily relevant all the time. Um, but I also do some upcycling for it. I upcycle frames. I upcycle furniture that I put the art on. Um, so yeah, so I've been spending a lot of time on that. I've been with that and getting ready to go to Maker Fair. It's just sort of taking up all my time. I haven't been able to upload anything. Um, but I did find time to, aside from Artomatic, which is happening in Crystal City, Virginia, between tomorrow, which is or Friday the twenty fourth, and May. 
May something, May, beginning of May. So it's up for like a month. Um, so yeah, so that's taking up a lot of my time. But the other thing I did during that time is I, uh, I actually bought a 3D printer. I bought the Monoprice Maker Select. And, uh, and I put it together and I've been sort of running it through its paces. Um, it's an uh, inexpensive sort of 3D printer. It's about $300, a little bit more than $300. Um, but, you know, I did a lot of research for it. And it's sort of one of those 3D printers that's easy to up upgrade different things, easy to mess with and whatnot. So, yeah, I've been sort of running through that. I'm in the middle of printing a project with it. Like, every night I've been leaving it printing for, like, seven hours while I sleep, you know. So, so yeah, so that's what I've been working on, you know. Yeah, it's really cool how he wakes up and he's like, hello, good morning, and he just goes straight into the shop and, like... <laughs> yeah, I gotta go check to see if it's printed properly and... Yeah. I, I mean, up to this point, I've printed quite a bit of stuff. I've only had one thing fail, so, you know, it's not bad, yeah. not bad odds so, so far. Yeah. Now what we need to do is uh, build the, um, the filament extruder so you can recycle all your bad prints. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, we're all yeah. about green stuff here. <laughs> Well, yeah, cool. Yeah, so, but um, just because it's the starting of the of like tomorrow is the kickoff for automatic. Mm -hmm. uh, for anybody who's a listener in the region, yeah, because it's it's really accessible by metro to yeah. Crystal City. It's actually in Virginia. Um, it's automatic yeah. org, and you can find all the details. Check out there. all, of the, and you know you can always go see Jose's work there. It's uh, I think it's room forty six thirteen in the fourth mm -hmm. floor. Yeah. And there's a little like corner there for about maker. Yeah, there's the actually. Maker I, I took I took the made Sorry, sign made and I put a little section of the about the podcast there because you know it's part of part of what we do. So yeah. So maybe we can even like do uh, a show from there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Be kind of now, fun. what if somebody offers to buy your sign? No, 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 the sign's not for sale. <laughs> There's a couple of things on there that are not for sale. Because <laughs> somebody might say, hey, yeah, I like that sign. How much for that? Yeah, I don't see a lot of people wanting to buy a sign that says made on it, but, you know. I bet you. Well, so you know I what? It's very modern. It's a very yeah. modern thing. It is thing. very modern. Yeah. It's, yeah, made on the sign, but the space is negative. Right. So, yeah, yeah I think, and of course, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a symmetrical sign. It's a bit... You know, asymmetrical. So it has some interesting details to it. Yeah, yeah. Somebody might think it's like an actual piece of art. Like they're thinking, oh, well, I'll hang it upside down. It'll be abstract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could use it as a stencil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which is the other thing I learned how to do. No, but I, because of that, right? I saw it and I was like, okay, hold on for a second, Jose. We need to like, because everything that's there, we attach to the wall so that you know it doesn't Nobody walk away. Yeah. yeah. But I Does so that I tell yeah, it's, uh, it's happened. I mean, it's not happened to me, luckily, because I do attach them to the wall. But yeah, I've heard rumor that it's happened before. So oh. I told him, I was like, the one thing that we don't have attached is design. And Jose's like, well, that's really going to be hard for someone to build. I was like, no, I'm going to figure out a way. So I figured out a way to attach it to, attach it to one of the furnitures, mm -hmm. which is attached to the wall. The wall yeah. So it's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're looking for, to steal something quickly. If it's going to be too much work, they won't mess with it. Yeah. Right. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, you would, you would figure at a, at a at an event like that about art and things that you wouldn't have to worry about that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, it's it's, it's open to anybody can go in. You know, it's free to the public and yeah. it's nine stories. Yeah, so it's hard to maintain, and you know, people do people stuff. So. 
So you. Yeah. And I think, and by now it's like eighteen years in the making. So mm-hmm. what's really cool is that we've done it. This is the third time around. Yeah. So we actually get to know people. Like mm-hmm. you see the all of the new like the artists from that are returning artists, and you just hang out with them now. You know them. Yeah. That's cool. And don't they have? I think I saw once uh, that you had like there was a. A video that there's a seminar or a, or a talk or something. Do they do that periodically? They they have seminars. They have classes. They have yeah. They have a lot of things. I was talking to a friend of ours, and she was asking me like, oh, what classes do they have? <laughs> and for some reason, the only one I could come up with because it stuck out last last year was uh, the guy basket that basket weaving. No, no, it was not basket weaving. It was a uh, <laughs> uh, nude port nude uh, nude sketching. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but the guy that runs it is also the model. <laughs> Uh huh. So, uh, I was like, yeah, they even have that. That's, and she was like, well, I don't know if I'm interested in that. <laughs> that is, can you please not tell people this <laughs> next time? Yeah. Right, especially women, okay? <laughs> well, I'm just trying. I'm like, well, let me think of some of the classes they have. Like, why? It just stood out last year because the guy during breaks, the guy would walk around and look at the art in his robe. So. Ah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Alright, well that's uh that's really the show. Um I know we 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 probably have some email waiting for us. I have not had a chance to look at yes. the email because I know we made contact with a bunch of people. So just be sure I have not deleted any of that. We're gonna go through it this weekend and I'll distribute it to these guys as necessary as well. Um but let people know how they can get a hold of us. What about uh you Claudia? How can people get a hold of you? Uh you can find me at uh on Twitter, at DC Barrigan or at City, at City Ecologist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool. one good one. Ray, you can find me at uh, my Facebook page, the uh, the Homemade Lathe Group. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we build all kinds of lathes with people from all over the world. Uh, I'm surprised at how many people have joined just from everywhere that are building their own machines or looking for how to build their own machines. So a lot of resources there. Uh, you can also find me on my YouTube channel, Ray Pena. Uh, it'll be the if you search my name, it'll be the first one that pops up. Um, and then, of course, uh, my my new endeavor it's uh, RealGearSpinners.com. Yep, cool. And uh, and you can find me at City Aperture on Twitter and pretty much any other social media, including Facebook. Um, next week, since Ray mentioned this, next week we're gonna talk about the different kinds of spinners. So, the phenomenon, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Were you shocked to see how many people were at our table just focused on those? No, I was toys? not. You weren't shocked. I was. I, I didn't I, like. I because there were kids that were just sitting there, like, like we're gonna stay here. <laughs> we're planted mm-hmm. here, and we're gonna mm-hmm. play with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's become crazy because, I, like, you see, I, I, you know, I look at Thingiverse all the time, and there's a bunch of them on there, and so I, like, I've seen people. Like, like constantly when looking at this thing it's an internet thing yeah yeah so, so yeah so we definitely have to talk about it yeah so yeah yep. so that'll be next week um, otherwise that's it that's pretty much the show come back for that next week guys thank you everyone and thank you everyone for uh, who stopped by our booth mm-hmm. and um, yeah for the support and the good wishes and the great thoughts and yeah thank you so much yes and I am still looking for a um, stalker, a stalker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so if you are missing uh, somebody that you used to stalk because of the uh, because of the restraining orders, yeah. uh, you get to relive that fantasy all over again. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, no, you... address any of your angry emails to me directly, please. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, now, you don't want to throw out where what state you're in yet. You want to make it a little harder for the stalker. Right? Well, That's yeah, you know, the... the chase is part of the... Part of the... <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay. Yeah. It's the fun. So, yeah. you, you're taking applications from everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>